Hello and welcome to Automators. My name is Rosemary Orchard and I am joined by my co-host David Sparks and we're here to talk about how to get your technology to do your work for you. Hello, David. Hello, Rosemary. You ready to automate today? Oh, yes. And uh, we're, we're going to do one of my favorite topics today because there's just something about task management and specifically capture and review that really, really makes me happy when it comes to automation. Maybe it's because it's kind of like having my automation do my tasks for me, but it certainly feels like it's saving my day. It's also dangerous. I feel like uh, too much capture in task management means you yeah. add too much to your task management and then you've got you know thousands of tasks. So you, you got to walk the line. But it Absolutely. is it is definitely tedious adding tasks and um, and we even have some cool automation on review as well. Um, so bringing automation to bear on this stuff is absolutely uh, useful and something that everybody should do. Uh, so I guess we should just get started. Yeah. Oh, and we can't get started yet, Rosemary. Oh, it, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's, That's everybody. True. Yes, and happy birthday to my grandmother, who's probably not listening to this episode, but it's her birthday, and her name's Valerie, and she was born on Valentine's Day. Is so. there love in the air? I hope so. <gasps> probably. I hope so. <laughs> I asked that once in a deposition. There was a, a, a case we had where it was a car accident on Valentine's night, and I asked Ooh. if there was love in the air, and the uh, the judge thought that was silly. He didn't think I should do that. But, you know, I got I got to be me. I got to be yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Um. Automated capture. So uh, so task management, like we were saying, is something that everybody struggles with. Um, uh, you want to make sure you get that stuff out of your head, out of your brain, into your system. But it can be tedious to put it in, especially with applications that require additional metadata. You know, the best ones mm -hmm. do, because the more metadata you can add to that task, the easier it is to sort it and find it and organize it later. But who wants to do that over and over again? Oh, yeah, definitely not me. I, I hate duplicating my work. So I'm always trying to simplify that. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to have probably a lot of emphasis on OmniFocus because both of us use it. I mean, we both publish, you know, books and video courses on it. So that's something that we talk a lot about. But I'd like to think that um, we're also going to try and make this apply to other task managers as well. Mm -hmm. um, just to start off, one of the easiest ways to automate task capture for me with OmniFocus is um, you can create template actions and OmniFocus, and um, you can fill in all that metadata. So like a good example is often I will be wandering around my day and I'll have a sudden, you know, lightning hallelujah moment about something I want to post at the website. Well, I have um, a, short, a shortcut that I've built. It's very easy. It's a one-step shortcut because the OmniFocus new task shortcut on iOS lets you fill in the tags, the project, the due date, the flag status. So I filled in all of that stuff for creating a new task. And mm -hmm. all I do is I tap the button for new blog post and I type in the name of the blog post. In fact, the, um, the entry says write blog post about. So it even writes the first three, let three words of the task. And then all I do is type in, you know, whatever, you know, you know, iPhone pairing or, you know, whatever. And then I hit the, the button and it gets added to my task system um, with all the necessary flags, tags, uh, project names and everything without me having to do that. And I have made like seven or eight of those. I mean, related mm -hmm. to different parts of the law practice and the podcast, like podcasting is another one. I have one for ideas for shows and I have one for each of my three podcasts. So um, you just take a few minutes to set that up once and then you can put that um, – 
through shortcuts, you can put it on button, you can put it on your home screen, you can do whatever you want with it to, to get to it quickly. But that's a that's a simple automation, but one very useful. Yeah, I have something very similar where I capture all of my ideas for the suite setup. Um, and so it starts with an ask for input, and then it splits um, the the text, the input by lines, so that each line is theoretically a task. So if I come up with six ideas and I capture them all at the same time, then it, it works really easily. Um, and then um, okay, for I each one of there those. For a second. Yeah. All right. So you're capturing text by input in shortcuts? Yeah, in shortcuts. And then what and so I just, are you using to parse the lines out? So if people don't know how to do that. Uh, there's a split text action. So you can split text by the lines. Yeah. So I can capture six ideas on six lines and then split it. And it will split that into six things. This used to be something you'd have to do in drafts, but now you can yeah. do it right in shortcuts. Exactly. Um, and then I and then it asks me for each one of those if this is a quick tip idea or an automation idea or something else. And if it's something else, then it will ask me for more information. Um, but the quick tip and the automation um, column ideas are, are then just um, automatically dumped straight into OmniFocus. Um, and these are really, really useful because then I don't have to think about what it is that I'm thinking about for the suite setup. I just know it's it's an idea that's going to go in the suite setup. Oh, great. And now I can split it and, and define it afterwards, which is one of the key things for capture, I find. Like sometimes I just want to be able to get the idea down and then do a little bit of processing after I've written it down, um, which is where I do use drafts for this as well. I actually have similar actions in drafts and in shortcuts. It just depends on what mood I'm in as to which one I go to um, for these. Yeah, so uh, so a couple of ways you could do this, like if you had several of them, I have just made several separate shortcut scripts. Mm -hmm. And then I have a one button on my home screen, I call it the Omni button. And if I press that, uh, there is a choose from menu command using shortcuts. So each one has its own choose from menu and I can just tap the one I want and then it takes me right in. You could also do that inside a single shortcut, um, which I, I kind of am doing when you think about it with the thing I'm doing uh, that I, the actual shortcut that I saved to my home screen is a single shortcut that kind of encapsulates them all, but they're not built into it. What I'm doing is run shortcut for each choose from mm -hmm. menu and I can go through and modify them. What Rose is doing is a little, uh, it's a little more fancy, really, because you're going through and you're putting the text input in a text field, and then having the the shortcut go through and categorize them for you after you've created the text, which is kind of an interesting take on it. Another thing I would do with this stuff, I would recommend, and this is very OmniFocus specific, but I know that they have similar techniques for things, which is another uh, really powerful task manager, is templating projects. Don't just template tasks. And with OmniFocus, that's a whole thing. Like in my OmniFocus field guide, there's like 45 minutes of video explaining how to create template projects. But you can create very complex projects that run and it works the same way. Shortcuts will ask you, what's the name of the client? You know, what are you trying to do? And then it'll spin up like a 10 item project for you. And yeah. you can, you know, you can do a lot of stuff with it. You can make it, whether it's flagged or the type of project it is or where it belongs. And I create probably half of my tasks, if not more, through these templated projects. 
I, I do the same thing as well. Um, I have a lot of things that happen with templated projects. Um, and I use actually use drafts for this. Um, and I've got a whole action group. I'll link to it in the show notes um, to the blog post I wrote on how it all works. But you can put variables in and have them replaced inside of drafts. Um, and there's an action in this action group. I may need to push an update to the, the draft site. So that, that'll be on my to-do list to make sure it's done. Where you can then generate a URL encoded version of this. Um, and this is something that I am taking a lot of advantage of because, for example, when I get a new uh, show assigned to me from Screencast Online, that isn't a single task, create show. There's a whole series of things I need to do there to make sure that the show goes as well as it possibly can. And so what I do is I use MailDrop as Zapier. So Zapier does a, a couple of different things. It set, sets up toggle projects for me. It creates Dropbox folders and all sorts of things. But it also adds a task to my OmniFocus via MailDrop that says, hey, create the project for this show. And then inside of Zapier, I have um, a, 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 the, the actual note is a URL, which is an OmniFocus URL scheme URL, which actually runs and it adds this project for me and so what i've done inside of zapier is i replace a couple of the the um, pieces of information with um variables parsed out from the the record that triggers my automation and then when i get that when i see that action that's always due the same day that it gets added um uh, because I, I've got a couple of other automations which we can get to later um, that make that happen. But um, essentially what I can do is I see this task and I just tap the, the URL in the note and it adds my project for me and I'm done. Um, and that has been a game changer because I, I set this up so that it's in drafts and I can copy the URL scheme URL to my clipboard easily. Um, and and then I can paste that somewhere else like Zapier so that I can have a task which is a task to create a project. So it's a meta task, but it helps me get things done. Okay. I, I want to talk about why you do it that way, but first I want to just for contrast, explain how I do it. And um, yeah, go ahead. So I have the uh, OmniFocus has the ability to import task paper format um, projects and task paper format. It's kind of beyond the scope of today's show, but it's a very simple syntax and you can, you know, you can write in a task and then you hit return and underneath it, you can put subtasks. And then with the at symbol, you can like, if you want it to be flagged, you put the at symbol and write flagged at the end of it, at the end of the task. And then, then it imports it as a flag task, just to give you an example. But you can set due dates, start dates, um, you can project types, you can control almost anything that you can do in OmniFocus using this uh, quite simple syntax. And so what I do is I, when I make a template project, I put that together in the text field in shortcuts. And this is the mm -hmm. worst part of the way I do it because the text field in shortcuts is small and it's hard to read and you have to scroll through it. But then I go through and I actually create the variables in shortcuts. So like an example, if I'm making a new company for a client, uh, I have the name of the new company. I'll have the name of the jurisdiction. You know, usually it's California, but sometimes for me it's Delaware or somewhere else. And then um, some other bits that I need for creating the new project. And once I hit go, then shortcuts says, hey, Dave, you need a new company. You know, what's, uh, and it'll say, you know, what state? And it's a choose from list. I pick the state because there's only a few states I really do these out of. Um, and then what's the name of the company? And then, you know, I fill in the data then shortcuts replaces those variables in that task paper formatted text 
And then it runs a simple command in shortcuts that creates the project in OmniFocus. And um, when it's done, I'll have like 15 steps to making a new company, everything from getting client approval for the articles of incorporation to the very end when we're signing share certificates and everything in between, you know, dealing with the secretary of state, paying the, you know, paying to get the corporate book printed and all that stuff gets added. And it's a very linear process for me. And I, you know, I've perfected it over the years, but, you know, somebody says make a new company. I open up um, my Omni button on my home screen I go to that, you know, I get to that template, I push a button and then it's added to OmniFocus for me. Now, the reason I don't like the way I do it is because managing that text on that little screen, even on an iPad, is quite mm-hmm. difficult. And every time I see the gang from Shortcuts, I, I talk to them about that, <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> but the um, the reason I like it is I just don't trust having it go through multiple applications. So you're working with Drafts, Zapier, um, the Omni Focus web service. It's like you've got it running through so many different platforms to get there that that just kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. Well, in my case, um, uh, so a little bit of background, the way that a lot of my projects are created, I have the template in drafts and I run a drafts action and that creates it in OmniFocus for me. And that's it. That's the end of it. But specifically for things like Screencast Online, where all of this data is already provided um, by the the system that Screencast Online uses in the background, um, Podio, that was mentioned in our our, our episode with Don McAllister. Um, because I already have this information, essentially the variables that I would use to fill this out, I thought I can go a step further and actually completely automate the filling out of the variables so that I don't have to try and, and talk to Podio in the background or to parse this data and put it into Airtable when I really only needed to make an OmniFocus project. Um, so that I can then run a shortcut. So I just want something inside of um, my OmniFocus that says, hey, like you, you need to create this task. So what happens is um, a, a new show is assigned to me, um, and this has a t- ton of information in there. Um, and then I've experimented with two ways, um, and I need to check which way that I'm doing this, but I, I have a format text action. Um, and so I, I have the text, which is my the copy of my project, and I replace the the variables that I need replacing with, for example, the name of the show, what I'm what I'm doing an episode about. Um, so, for example, a recent one was drafts um, for Mac, um, and this gets put into there, and then it encodes it as a URL for me, um, and then I can have the the start of the URL in the note, and then just reference that variable from the variable to formatted text, which is really useful and makes it quite easy to edit if I need to. Because as you said, that's the problem with doing everything in shortcuts. You end up with a very small box, which is why I much prefer to handle this inside of um, drafts, because then I can see everything at once. You know, it doesn't matter if I've got a 12.9-inch iPad or an iPhone SE, um, you know, the the text will fill my screen um, instead of being a very small box on my screen. I think I think the way you do it makes a lot of sense. I just I've got all the, I've got so many built in the old yeah. fashion that it's hard for me to just fathom wrapping in my head around. Okay, I'm going to put it in two different systems and. In general, all of my things, you know, the, the primary source for all my templates is drafts. So if I yeah. need to change something, I'll go into drafts, and then uh, I actually have. 
this is really nerdy. I have a list. Uh, I have a draft which references my other drafts by their UUID. That's the draft yeah. um, universally unique identifier. And it tells me where I've used these templates in other places. So it tells me the name of the Zapier Zap that's using this. Um, and I do have to manually keep this up to date. Um, but that means that when I make a change, I can I can go look it up and see where else um, I need to go and update this just in case. Huge automator's power tip there is in drafts. You can get a unique identifier for every single draft you make, which yeah. is way easier than if you're using Apple Notes and you have to use a goofy search technique and hope that you get the right one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way I do it in Notes is I actually create a unique identifier uh, which is a strange string of text, and I just search for it that would only be in that one note. But that is like a total hack, and uh, drafts does it so much better. I think we're going to do a show at some point just talking through drafts and how we automate with it because there is so much you can do with it now that it's on the oh, back, yeah. too. But yeah. the um, the uh, I wanted to just to, to kind of put a point on this in terms of capturing tasks through uh, project templates. Um, whether you use Apple Reminders or a text list or something fancy like OmniFocus, this is a technique I just can't recommend enough. If you're interested in automation, this makes so much sense. I got inspired to do this after reading a book a few years ago called The Checklist Manifesto. It was um, a book by a surgeon just talking about you know how they're so careful, like pilots and surgeons, when they use these checklists because nothing ever goes wrong. And I broke my life down into repeatable projects that I do all the time. And I just decided I'm not going to make mistakes on those ever. And the way I'll do that is by having a checklist. And then, of course, the automator brain kicked in. And I, I'm i not kidding. I have probably, I haven't counted them, but at least 30 of these templated projects. And I have so many that when I open up the um, the shortcut to to pick one, I had to make it a shortcut within a shortcut, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I've got... Um, First thing I pick is category, you know, like personal, Max Sparky, mm-hmm. or legal. Because if I just had them all on the screen once, I wouldn't be able to see them all. You know, it's just too many. So it, it like it does a choose from menu, and then it goes through another shortcut that cho- does another choose from menu. So it, they're nested because <laughs> there's so many mm-hmm. of them. But I, I use this every day. And um, if you're looking to have automation help you, I, I really think this is something you should take some time. And you don't have to build 30 this weekend. What I would recommend is just take the next thing you do that's a repeated project and build one for that one and get it dialed in and start using it. And then, add, you know, just do one at a time. But you'll be surprised how quickly these things go. Yes. Um, and something else that we should mention, you know, we're talking about OmniFocus here. But in Things, which is also another popular task management um, system, has really good URL scheme support. And you might be going, aren't URL schemes kind of outdated? And to some extent, yes, they are. But because you can use their, there's a URL scheme generator on the Things website. So you don't have to manually write everything by hand. So you can go in and tap on the add project option, for example. And yeah. Then you can give it a title and you can specify notes and to-dos. And then you can copy that URL. Um, and that's something else. You could paste that into shortcuts and replace certain words in the URL with variables. And there you go. You've got a really nice template ready to go and you can fill it in with other information as necessary. Um, it's, it's not quite as easy as the task paper format, but it's definitely deserving of a mention. Yeah, and, and both of those apps have done a really good job of making it easier for users to create template projects. You know, you get, you build them, and then you always have the checklist. And so long as you follow the checklist, you're going to be okay. And um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, so think about that and, um, and, and maybe add a few of them. Rose and I will, will share something in the show notes so you can see yep. how we do it. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users, and it could mean lost business for you. But the good news is, is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail, in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted, depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible, and if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash reallyfm right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code AUTOMATORS at checkout to get a huge 30% off. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, I want to talk kind of a related captured topic, and that is the idea of brainstorming, you know, sitting down, capturing a bunch of ideas. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily tasks you're creating, but, but brainstorming. And you know, how do we automate something like that? Um, we yes. talked recently uh, about MindNode and how you can go in and just start typing words, and that that's a way to do it. But I'm not sure, is that really automation? Well, I mean, you can create template projects in MindNode. And um, this is going back to the getting things done trigger lists, um, which are quite popular. The idea is that it's a list of things, and that when you look at it, the, the things on that list will spark ideas of tasks that you need to capture or things that you need to do or whatever it is, however you want to phrase it. Um, and so I've taken that and I have a whole series of different solutions, but specifically for MindNode for project planning, I have a couple of different template MindNode documents, which I use as a basis. Um, and it's not 100% automation necessarily, but at the same time, a document template is automation. Um, and so that that's an easy way to get started. All you have to do is you create a MindNode document and then you name it with the word template. And next time, instead of opening it, you tap and hold or right click and then duplicate instead of opening it and then edit your duplicated document and rename it. That's not a bad idea. I, I'm just thinking like there's certain types of things I brainstorm or in my note all the time. Um, sometimes they're uh, like serious lawyer letters. Sometimes they're field guide video projects. And there are definite nodes that exist in every one. So why don't mm-hmm. I have that just show up with those already there? and eliminate the tedium of, of recreating them every time and, and let me get to the hard work of brainstorming faster. Yeah. And I do use this for screencasts online. So um, the tool Dom mentioned, I've completely blanking on the name of it now, um, but it's the one that's ideal, well, it's for project management where you create a new project and it automatically puts files in different places. It automatically creates a mind node with the right nodes on it for me. Um, for every screen, single screencast online show. Yeah. Um, and in fact, it even differentiates between if it's a tip show or a full show and puts different MindNode documents in the folders uh, for different ones. I could see that. So if you're out there and you use MindNode or a, a brainstorming application, why not have templates to, uh, to let you get to the hard work of brainstorming faster? I, I do think MindNode, though, is a great brainstorming app even you know, even with that little bit of automation, because it just makes it so easy to write things down and capture ideas. Yeah, 
It really does. And they have uh, URL scheme support, which works on iOS and macOS as well. Um, so um, something I've experimented with, but I'm not 100% sold on, is actually using shortcuts to create um, a, a MyNode document with specific nodes. And then you can even theoretically customize it based on questions that you answer. Um, but at the moment, I'm still pretty happy with my templates and I haven't yeah. really switched to the URL schemes. That feels like a bridge too far for me. It's like, I, I think yeah. I'm now making automation work for the sake of automation work. Yeah, that that's kind of what it felt like. I was experimenting with it going, well, it's really cool in concept. And I can see for some people for certain projects that this would definitely be worth it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not worth it for me in the projects that I'm doing right now. Um, there's not enough similarity between, for example, the tip um, template and the full show template for Screencast Online um, to make it worth it um, for me yet. So. Another bit of somewhat, I guess you call this automation with MyNote if you're a MyNote user on the Mac. They have a quick entry bar in the menu bar, mm-hmm. which is also, it feels like automation. Like, because the way I use my nodes is they're always kind of like baking in the back of my brain. If an idea comes up, I can just go up to the menu bar and add it to my mind node without even really getting into the mind node, which mm-hmm. is, it feels pretty magical when that happens. Yes, quick entries on iOS as well. And it, it even has shortcut support. So you can, you know, type something in a shortcut and have it dumped into quick entry. Um, or you can tap and hold on the the MindNode app icon and jump straight into quick entry there, um, which is pretty nice. Um, but I'm I'm finding that I don't use it as much on iOS as I, I think I, I would like to. Um, yeah. But on Mac, it's definitely one of my staples. Now, what about using brainstorm? What about brainstorming outside of something like MindNode? And and in general, I'm thinking about with ta- with a text. Well, one of the things that I do, um, I use uh, shortcuts and I have a trigger list. So this is just a text action in shortcuts. And I do my split text and repeat with each on those. And then I just pop up and ask for input box for every single one of those items. Um, and this is great because you can use this with any task management system. I usually dub these to my OmniFocus inbox, but you could put them in reminders or Todoist, any of them. Um, and then it just, you know, it pops up and it's like, okay, groceries. Um, and I'm there going, oh, right, yeah. So I actually, I need to go buy spicy carrots or something to borrow from one of your previous screencasts. Um, or chocolate, in my case, um, is pretty much always on that list. Um, Autofill so chocolate. I, yeah, I, I should probably just start autofilling chocolate. Um, now, I but forget, then, when you were in the U.S., did I get you any U.S. chocolate or you were not uh, We actually got some chocolate at MaxDoc. We went to a, a fancy chocolate oh, that's place. Right. That's right. Um, and it was good. Um, it was a very nice chocolate place and they had good chocolate. Um, but I have I have to say I've not eaten normal U.S. chocolate, I don't think. Not in a long time on purpose. And take care of um, that next time you're here. <laughs> and you really? you got to live with the rest torture. of us just for one day. Uh, oh, fine. But I'm bringing good chocolate as well. Um, but yes, anyway, so, um, so, so I asked myself about, um, each of these items on my trigger list. Um, and then I, I add them to, you know, the, the appropriate system. Sometimes these things end up in Airtable because, um, it's, it's coming up with ideas for screencast online, uh, topics that I might want to do and all of my screencast online, you know, idea dumps and, and management happen, happens in Airtable. Okay. I, I just need to understand this. So do you, you have an automation that asks you about, all these things as part of one automation, like groceries yeah. and screencasts? Yeah. So, so this is essentially, you know, sometimes you get this feeling in your head that like you're forgetting something. Okay. Um, that's what like the original trigger list from getting things done is for, you know, yeah. the I've, I, I've forgotten something. Um, and so I actually have different trigger lists for different contexts. Um, so I have like a, a general life one 
which is usually I've gone through all of my other ones. It's like, you know, like this is my last resort. Like something is bugging me. I know I've forgotten something, but I have literally no idea what it is. It could be anything. Uh, but then I also have project specific ones. So um, there's a big project I'm working on at work um, and it goes through and it asks me about all the different subsections of the project and asks me about every person involved in the project um, and a few other things as well. And then that usually you know, I find something in there. And the great thing about um, shortcuts with the ask for input is if you, you tap on OK um, and there's nothing in there, it just it keeps going. Yeah. Um, it works really well. Um, and I'm, I'm finding that these, uh, these trigger list shortcuts are pretty helpful. Um, and that, that definitely helps me capture things. Um, and I, I usually end up creating tasks out of these, but you could at the same time completely format it as tab intended text and send it over to my node, um, you know, as a, as a my node document afterwards, if you wanted, or put it in drafts, um, as a list, all sorts of things. You know, I've never thought of having something like that to just capture everything or segments, entire segments of your life. Mm. I guess well, I should experiment I find, with it. I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't, I'm not sure I need it, but maybe, maybe I do. Maybe you're better at capture than I am. Yeah. I, I usually run through a couple of these as part of my, you know, the run up to my, my bigger weekly review. Um, so, you know, I, I'm there at the end of the week on Friday at work and I'm there going, okay, so what's happening on this project? What's happening on that project? It's, it's to help me review specific projects in many cases and areas of my life and others. I will tell you that I feel like I've been doing it so long that I'm very hardwired to adding items to OmniFocus Inbox. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use the Watch app all the time. You know, with the is this? I'm not sure this is automation, but with the Watch app, you just open OmniFocus and you press hard against the face, and it then you can talk and it adds an item to your inbox. I do that several times a day, and then the the keyboard shortcuts and the things you can do on the iPad. I I like I'm. I'm adding stuff in there all the time. And interestingly, I've been doing it so long, I don't even think about it now. It's just like something comes to the brain, put it in there, move on. I don't dwell on it at all. And then every day as part of my shutdown routine, I go through that inbox. So I I have kind of a system for that where I, I don't need to trigger things. But I don't know. I, I, I do like the idea of trying to like, you know, farm your your mind for ideas that are buried you haven't thought about, like with a, with a trigger phrase or a, a specific query. Yeah. Well, in my case, I'm I'm definitely not as disciplined as you are, and I'm I'm not as good at following my own rules. I have great plans, and I do my best to follow through on them, but I I I, I often mess up, and I'm not able to capture something when I want to capture something. Um, it usually happens just as I'm walking out the door with my hands full or something. I think of something, and then it it's gone before I get a chance sure. to put my bags down and get get a device so I can capture it. You know, even even with capture on the Apple Watch, it's difficult. To, to actually capture everything even when with your hands full. Now, now, when do you run these scripts? I usually run them as part of a review process. So okay. like you, I've split my review into to multiple sections, so I do different parts of reviews pretty much every day. Um, but it then helps me to to capture things. So, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing my, my uh, time blocking for the next week of the things that I need to do, then it also comes up and it's there. Okay, so these are all of your time blocks. Uh, is there anything you need to capture related to these time blocks? And I'm there going, oh, right, actually, yes, I had this idea. And oh, yeah, that thing over there. And oh, yeah, I need to make sure that I buy a new contact lens solution. Um, because that pops into my head while I'm doing these things. So I've tried to build capture into a lot of different areas. Yeah, well, one of the tricks of time blocks, this is more productivity than automation, but give yourself enough time to wrap up what you're doing. Yeah. 
if your time blocks, you have to rush from, the, you know, if you spend the time at the end to wrap it up, like deal with new ideas and things before you move on to the next thing, uh, you will sleep better. That's, that's a, oh, yeah. that's a big tip. <laughs> but yes. another piece of automation related to all of these lists, I think, um, worth mention is OPML and, uh, what's it? Open processor markup language. What is it again? I, I think that's it. I, I used to know it by heart and I forgot. So I senior moment, sorry, but it's basically the outline open source format that allows you to move data in an outline format between applications and mm -hmm. just about every um, outline program and mind mapping program with their salt can read and save to OPML. So mm -hmm. that gives you data portability as automators. We like that. And um, mm -hmm. like I sometimes I will take a, a mind node file and take the OPML out of it and put it into a Omni outliner file because you can yeah. move OPML between the two. So if you're thinking about automation and moving between multiple applications, uh, figure out OPML. It's not that hard. Yeah. I I mean, there's not a lot to figure out. Just know that it exists and use it, essentially. Like, that. that's the, the, the key to that. And you can create it. And I have to say, I have automated the creation of OPML before from a very complicated hierarchy of things at work where people wanted a pretty diagram. And I was there going, huh, my node's good at pretty diagrams. So I automated the creation of OPML um, by reading things in. I think I actually created JSON and found a library that could convert it to OPML. Now you're um, just showing is, off, Rose. Let's Well, be it's not something I would recommend for most people, but if you have a use case for it, you absolutely can do it. So uh, it's it's doable, but in general, just know OPML exists and export as OPML and import from OPML and be happy. Um, I have in my uh, in my studio, I have a little pad of paper and sometimes when someone's talking to me on the phone, I will, um, for whatever reason, get out a pen or a pencil and, and write little diagrams and ideas on this piece of paper. How am I going to automate that? Well, I mean, you could take a photo and try and run optical character recognition through Toolbox Pro on it. Um, but I don't know about you, when I draw these diagrams, especially if I try doing mind mapping on paper, um, I, I, I seem to have an aversion to writing in a straight line. Um, so I end up you know, writing at all sorts of angles. And if you run that through optical character recognition, it can get a little bit weird, um, which is to say very unexpected results. Um, sometimes some very interesting results. I'm sure I've created many new words by doing this. Um, but in general, at the moment, I'm just taking a photograph of these things. And depending on what it is, it might get attached to a task in OmniFocus or get put into DevonThink, or even occasionally these things end up in day one. Um, but a lot of the time I take a photo as reference and then and then convert it to whatever its finished format is at some point. Yeah, that's what I do too. I, I, I The only people that ever see those are me because if you saw them, you'd think it was like the scribblings of a crazy man. But, the, um, but a lot of times it's a good starting point for me. I'll also do it on the iPad now. I've got a big iPad and there's a couple apps. Canvas is one of them that I can think of offhand where you can kind of do that digitally, which is nice. But, you know, if you do it on paper, uh, I don't think there's a lot of automation secrets to, like, magically turn that into something usable. But, you know, just capture it, use your automation prowess to save a copy of it so you've got access to it in the future. Yeah, um, and I think that that's pretty much the key there. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to ExpressVPN slash automators to get three months free with a one-year purchase. There are a ton of VPN providers out there, 
but you probably want one you can feel confident in and one that you can trust. And that's where ExpressVPN comes in. ExpressVPN values your privacy. They don't log your data to make money from selling it like some other services may. ExpressVPN has developed a technology called Trusted Server, and it only stores your VPN data in RAM, and that makes it really fast, and it means they don't keep it. So you can stream HD quality videos with no lag. It's really easy to use. You just fire up the app, click the button, and you're connected. Plus, ExpressVPN is loved by TechRadar, The Verge, CNET, and more, including me. I use it all the time. It's my VPN of choice. It has been for years, and I just really like the simplicity of it. Like I said, you just open the app, press the button, then you're on a VPN. I use it whenever I travel. In fact, I just have it turned on permanently with my mobile devices because why not? Why not protect myself? And it gives me peace of mind and I can see no noticeable lag with respect to, you know, surfing the web and, and getting data. So why don't you protect yourself today? Go to the link right now, expressvpn.com slash automators, A-U-T-O-M-A-T-O-R-S, and get an extra three months free with a one-year package. That's right. Three months free if you buy one year at expressvpn.com slash automators. Uh, go ahead and visit them now to learn more. And our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. So we've done a lot about capture, but I think something else that is worth at least automating with the setup of things is review. Um, you know, you can theoretically completely automate the review of something. But uh, when I can feed my brain into an AI, then I will be happy that my review is automated. But for the time being, I still need to do some things manually. But there's a lot of things that you can automate. Um, and I know that for me, the key thing is review frequency. Um, because some things need reviewing way more frequently than other things. Um, and so I, in, I'm using OmniFocus um, and their review intervals to handle this. Um, but you could also quite easily create a, a list um, at somewhere and have shortcuts automatically tell you, okay, you know, like this is the third day, so therefore you need to review these projects, or this is the fourth day, so you need to review those projects instead. Um, you know, third or fourth day of the week or a month, depending on how you do things, um, that would be possible. And I, I really enjoy the fact that I don't have to sit down and review, I think it's 120 projects in OmniFocus right now, all on one day at the same time. I, I can split that up. Yeah. Um, I mean, my OmniFocus database has many, many projects because, you know, each client may have between, you know, two and five projects. And um, so having the ability to stagger review is hugely important to me. But this is a, a piece of this show that I think particularly uh, is useful to non-OmniFocus users because mm-hmm. um, review is very automated in OmniFocus. You can set like... This is a thing I only want to get a review reminder every six months, or I want to get one every two days. It's it's up to the user to decide, um, which is a, a great feature in the application. One of the reasons I use the application, honestly. But it's it's striking to me that other um, task managers don't have built-in review techniques like this. And so, if you're an automator, you could probably kind of you know hack your own review process together through a variety of, of different ways. Like one of the ways I was thinking about doing this would be just to have a list of, of project names and then have, um, you could do it with a calendar or you could do it with shortcuts. But um, either way, you could have a, a timed reminder showing up to do the reviews uh, based on automation. Absolutely. Um, and that, I have to say, I, I am 
doing that because I found that I was occasionally skipping reviews. So what I am doing now is I am having um, I am having shortcuts prompt me um, on my iPad specifically uh, every evening, approximately when I would usually get home. I'm doing this as a time based automation rather than location based because I don't always go to work. I sometimes work from home. Um, and it pops up and it reminds me to do my review and it just takes me to the review area of OmniFocus. Um, and that is really helpful. And I'm just thinking, you know, Todoist has got an API and it's a pretty good API. Um, so you can theoretically get all of your projects out of Todoist um, via an API and you could do this with shortcuts or anything else um, and then go through them and, and jump to them. Um, that that would be doable. Um, and I'm sure you can do that pretty much any web-based um, automation, uh, web-based task management system. Yeah. You could also have, an, if you have the ability to automatically create tasks related to projects in your task manager, you could create a review this project task. And that's something you would definitely want to automate because who wants to create that 120 times? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can set it on a, a repeat timer, you could then set the specific timer as well. So you only see it whenever you want. Yes. Um, And I find this is really useful because then what I do, a part of my automation, so, you know, shortcuts prompts me to open OmniFocus, but then I actually put shortcuts on the the other part of my screen. So I'm doing this on my iPad. And so I've got approximately two third and one third split. Uh, But for certain projects I have, you know, we talked about this earlier, I have the shortcuts that I run to help me to help me remember things that I need to do. But for other things, you know, there there are just things I need to run shortcuts to capture a bunch of items. So say at the end of the month, I'm there and I'm looking at it and it's there going, oh, yeah, you know, so like I can see that this task is coming up to create all of my invoicing actions ready for next month. Um, and I can run that shortcut right there and then um, to do that. I should actually start using launch cuts for this and have a, a group of uh, review related um, tasks, uh, shortcuts and, and just open that folder. That would make my life much easier. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Uh, launch cuts is really helpful for things like this, where you just need a, a subset of your shortcuts available because it actually offers folders. Oh, thank you, Adam Tao, who was recently a guest on the show. Uh, we'll yeah. make sure there's a link to launch cuts in the show notes. Um, so I think I, I just found an upgrade for myself there. But that means that then I can run these these shortcuts for things I need to do um, because I have a lot of meta tasks that end up in my OmniFocus, you know, like make sure that I've created all my invoices for the month and, and things like that so that I, I, I actually get everything done that needs doing, but because it's automation in there somewhere, then I have to do the automation at some point. Yeah. So just having the ability to go through the task and, and do the automation. Uh, yeah allows you to knock a lot out. I do a similar thing with dictation as well. Like in the morning, once I have my list of tasks for the day, one of the things I'll do is I'll just look through it and anything I can manage with quick dictation, I'll dictate a text file with all of that stuff. So there'll mm-hmm. be several emails or even a short blog post or whatever. And it, it just, I just bang through that in like 15 minutes and get sometimes knock out, you know, between, you know, two and 10 tasks and it feels really good just knocking that out. But why not use shortcuts as another way to knock through those tasks as well? Uh, assuming you have all the automation built for it, that it could be a, yeah. it could be a diversion too. If you see like, oh, I should automate that, then suddenly you spend the rest of the day doing that. So you got to like figure it out. 
Yeah. Well, I have to say that's one of the shortcuts. So you mentioned earlier you have, you know, the shortcut that will just capture a specific type of task. Yeah. I have an, an automation task shortcut. That's a good um, idea. And th- this, this sounds crazy, but essentially all it is is create this automation mm-hmm. um, because then I end up with things like, for example, I recently wrote a script um, that runs on my server. It fetches data from Airtable and it renames toggle projects um, when when they need to be renamed. Um and um, this is really helpful, but I've had that idea kicking around for six months. Now, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, I'll just create a shortcut to do that. And I tried and failed a couple of times because I had issues with the toggle API. It's not, it probably isn't that complex in hindsight, but, you know, that was what I needed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but so when, I, when I'm there going, oh, yeah, I should probably automate this. The shortcut that I run is create an automation to and then whatever it is I type in so that I don't get sidetracked every time I'm doing a review by doing these things. Um, and that also means that I don't have to leave wherever I am or make sure that I remember to classify under this project with that tag and all of these other things. I just add that information and it puts it in the right place for me so I don't lose the flow of what I'm doing. Yeah, I have one of those two. Interestingly, I don't do that in OmniFocus. I just, it appends to Note. It appends to an Apple Note. Ah. And anytime I feel like I want to do some automation, like, you know, for me, this is like fun. <laughs> you know, So like at the end of the day, maybe I just want to goof off and create some automation and I'll open that note and pick one. It kind of reminds me of when app developers have a list of features and they let users vote on mm. what feature to work on next. To me, I kind of have my internal voting going on as I look through that list and there's things that have been on there for like a year that I, I don't know if I'll ever get around to. And there's things I put on there that go immediately to the top of the list, but Mm -hmm. you do need to have the discipline to tell yourself, okay, I can, I can think of this idea. I'll add it to my list of things I want to automate. I'm not going to stop right now and do that because then you're using automation to actually avoid your work, which isn't necessarily something we recommend here on the old automators. Yes. Uh, that said, it, it can be, you know, if, if you're if you're stuck on something, picking up an automation related to that task and, and making that can be an excellent way to get yourself unstuck. Because whilst you're noodling on a related problem, then you can often figure out other things. Similar to talking to a rubber duck, but more fun. Now, you do some other stuff with review that I don't that I thought was really interesting in terms of like looking for next actions and actually even pulling completed tasks out for your daily log. Explain how that works. Okay, so OmniFocus recently added an action, um, and people have been doing this with AppleScript for ages, but they added a shortcut action that um, allows you to query OmniFocus for things. So could be anything. Um, And what I specifically do is I look for anything uh, that's completed, and I, I try and get all things that are completed today. Um, so that then I can look at those and go, and, and so I run this at the end of the day, to be clear, um, and I have a look at them and maybe I've, I've, I've checked off, you know, by contact lens solution and then I go, oh yeah, I need to check, you know, when did I last replace my contact lens case? Um, instead of actually doing that right now, I can, you know, I, I look at these and I, I add my, my extra ideas that are created thanks to reviewing my completed actions back into my OmniFocus, and then I take my completed actions. Um, and anything that's not a routine task, so it, if it doesn't have a routine tag, then that gets uh, put into day one for me so that I can look back and go, hey, I did stuff today. Yeah, see, that that part doesn't appeal to me, of like journaling everything I checked off today in OmniFocus. Yeah, I don't journal everything, so I have... I have a fairly fine-grained set of filters. So specifically, you know, like things that are related to different areas of my life do get f- 
unfiltered, but stuff that I do at work, well, you know, that's that's all logged at work. They they need to know that, but I don't need that in my day one. Thank you very much. That's fine. No, but I mean, I, I totally get, and I think it could be something, it's a totally legitimate use of the data, and I think there's a lot of people that like it, but for me, I just don't want to do that. But the, um, and I was thinking it was silly when you're telling me about it, but then I got thinking, it's like so often, so I bill for my time as a lawyer, and it's not uncommon for me to get to the end of the day and realize that I forgot to bill for something I did. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll spend an hour working on a client, but then I get sidetracked and then I never record my time for it. That actually would be a good um, a shortcut automation to run for me just to look at the end of the day to run off the things I completed versus the things I built and say, oh, wait, I did that thing and I didn't bill for it because <laughs> it costs yeah. you money, right? I mean, then you're working for yes. free. Um, so I actually, I'd probably need to implement this and put this in as part of my shutdown routine to run that automation, but that's a good one. And I hadn't really thought about it cause I know that's a new tool. And I just, I never really thought of a good use for it until just this moment as you were describing it. Yeah. I, I find it really, really handy just because, you know, I, then uh, I can do it at work at the end of the week. So actually I, as part of my work regular review, I have a look at the things that I've, I've checked off yeah. um, in, in OmniFocus and just make sure, you know, ha, have I have I handled those? Because if I, if I haven't handled everything properly and maybe it happens every once in a while, you know, you check something off without meaning to or you think it's done and then actually you look at it afterwards and you're like, oh, no, that's actually not finished. Yeah. Being able to have a look at these and, and figure out, oh, yeah, I should probably fix that um, is pretty handy. Um, so I, I I like doing that. So the mechanism you're using is just running the query for completed tasks in a specific time frame. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you're giving it back to yourself as a text list or what? how are you reporting the data out of shortcuts? So uh, what I'm doing at the moment is um, I I repeat with each on all of these actions and I just ask myself for input and then send that back to OmniFocus and I'm still fine-tuning exactly how I'm, I'm filtering that so that I can then send the right information to day one because I would actually like to put different chunks of information into day one into different day one journals um but I definitely don't want a day one entry for every single task that I've completed that is the one thing I do not want in under any circumstances uh, it would be a great way to fill up day one um and it would make me look like I'm a very prolific journaler uh, which I'm not uh, I wish I was um but it it's one of those things where I'm there going, okay, yeah, so I need to figure this out. And I didn't want to be running the the find a, um, actions of, or find items action multiple time. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm just going to stick with doing that for now because it's it's not that complex to do so. Um, and it works pretty nicely. And using the repeat with each command allow, forces you to see each one as it goes through. So then you can yeah. realize, oh, I'm not done with this or whatever, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and at the moment, I don't have any mechanism for editing these tasks or going back to them or anything like that. I've not built any of that in, um, I believe. Um, and I'm just double checking as as I speak that you can go to the URL of an item. No, you can't actually at the moment. Um, but uh, the, I know Omnigroup are working on ways to um, edit actions uh, via shortcuts so that then when you look at it, you can say, oh, yeah, I actually need to edit this. Um, and do something with it like uncompleted or whatever, but uh, that's not there yet. I, I really want to. I'm so curious. Once they really dial in the, um, you know, the the full automation um, script support for OmniFocus that they've been working on, mm. I just want to see because like we can create our own features in the application. It's like mm-hmm. the automator dream, and you know, it's kind of what you're doing. 
with this review um, of completed tasks. So, and that's just like a taste. I feel like there's so much more that we're going to get once they finish that. Yes. Well, I've been playing with with the the Omni Automation, as it's called, which is a JavaScript scripting for OmniFocus. Yeah. And I have to say, it's definitely a a super power user feature. You know, you're you're going to have to get really nerdy if you want to write these scripts. The, the same way if you would if you want to write nerdy scripts to to automate drafts or something. Yeah. Um. You know, only this is an entire task management application with all of the bells and whistles that go with it. So there's a lot of stuff in there. I was playing today with the duplicate task action um, and that I'm going to have some fun with. Um, but uh, I, it's, it's, it can be complex, but I think we're going to have fun when we can actually do all of that. But also it's all shareable. So like once we kind of, the nerds of us really figure it out, we can share these scripts and even typical users that are aware of them can run them. So, you know, you yes. don't, you don't have to yeah. learn JavaScript to, to do these scripts. I mean, and, and honestly, yeah. once you go in, you can probably make small tweaks, even that it's just like Apple script and all these other scripting languages. One of the best ways to learn it is to take one that works and break it and then try and fix it, you know, and make it work for you. Definitely. Anyway, uh, that's that's some powerful review stuff that I'd never really considered on as review, but you know it absolutely is. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things where sometimes you just need to think a little bit outside the box, but it can be great fun once you've once you've escaped the box. And now I'm just running around, and there is no more box. There's just chocolate wrappers everywhere. Yeah, and, and then you have to build in a system to uh, you know to make sure you run those. Well, I mean, one of the things I do with OmniFocus is I have lists like i have a morning list and i have a shutdown list and i have a weekly monthly and quarterly lists and they just show up you know they're they're repeat lists that show up and like i include stuff like that in like if i decide to add um you know review completed projects to my daily routine i will add that into the afternoon or the shutdown list and then every day mm -hmm. that'll show up for me um i can even if i want put a link in the task to, to the, to run the script so I can just run it from, from OmniFocus. And, and that, I, I really think that's a, another type of automation to give your, you know, to put that stuff in front of your face every day. And there's all sorts of apps. We've talked about, you know, some of these uh, automation friendly apps to, to give you a notice a certain time of day or whatnot. But for me, I just know every day I, I hit those lists in the morning, in the afternoon. And, um, and I just, as I want to add stuff like this to my life, I will include them, where appropriate and then i see them every day yeah i think that makes a lot of sense um and one thing that i have experimented with a little bit with these routine type lists like the ones that you've got i have shortcuts prompt me to look at these lists um and then um when i tap on that that link it, or that shortcut then it marks it as completed in streaks and opens that list in omnifocus in my case okay. um for me because streaks can be automated it has great shortcuts integration and if you you run that if you run your your shortcut then it can you can do whatever you like um and in my case these are just mark task as complete mark have it as completed in streaks and open this uh url to a specific OmniFocus perspective yeah I, I the way i handle it is different i just have calendar entries like every day i have a, a time allotted in the afternoon to shut down and time allotted in the morning to start up and and those lists get it's just you know i don't need to I don't need a prompt because it's on my calendar. It's a, it's an appointment in essence to go through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting to play with those too, because, um, and, and the, the automation technology and that I use in OmniFocus for this is uh, the project is called 
lists, but there's sub there's subtasks under there that have their own subtasks, but it's, you know, the, the only ones that are set on a repeat formula are the title tasks. Like one will be called the morning list. One will be called the shutdown list. And then there's monthly quarterly, etc. cetera. Um, those, the master, the one called shutdown list is a repeating task every day at, at 4 PM. So OmniFocus knows once I click that, everything underneath it gets marked as done. And then it sets it up to show up again tomorrow at four. Um, mm-hmm. The mistake people make is they put the repeat formula on the subtask underneath it, like, you know, run my OmniFocus script to see my completed tasks, you know, do an email audit, you know, journal the oh, yeah. day. And, and then you, that's the road to madness because suddenly you've got all these subtasks that are repeating every day and they, they duplicate each other. It just turns into a mess. All the only thing you repeat is the actually the master task. And yeah. there are days when I'll I'll get through it and I'll check off a bunch. Some of the things I put in there, and we had Kurosh Dini recently on Focused to talk about the use of the word consider in a task. Like one of the ones I have is consider gardening. Every morning it says consider gardening. I don't go out and garden every day, but every day I consider it, you know. But um, maybe I didn't check that off. But once I check off the morning routine task, all that stuff just disappears from my list from the day. And yeah. um Anyway, maybe that was more than you wanted to hear. Sorry. Well, I, I find that that's, that's pretty useful. And I uh, the other thing that I specifically do um, with these kinds of lists, these routine lists, is I use defer dates and I don't use due dates. Yeah. So that means that if I didn't do it yesterday, then, okay, my night routine will show up in the morning in, 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 in my OmniFocus, but that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. And, and I actually use projects for each of these, um, and I have them all in a folder. Um, but you, you could do it whatever way you like. Um, and I, I find that's pretty handy. And another tip, if you are using OmniFocus, is you can have the project or task um, automatically complete when all of the actions inside of it are completed. Yeah. So if you're going through checking things off and, you know, they're in a different perspective and you maybe don't necessarily see the project, then the project can or the task, parent task can automatically be marked as completed when you've done all of the, the, the ones inside of it. Well, that's a lot of talk about review automation. Yeah, there's a lot that you can automate and review. Now, all I need, as I said before, I need to feed my brain into an AI and that can automatically, you know, generate tasks related to things and review and check things off because it knows what I've completed, right? That That's how it works next. Just let the subroutine run ad infinitum. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, but we've got more right after this. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. It's so easy to use and you can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug and play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K display with HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3.0, USB-C and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, plus rigorous test cycles and quality control. That means all of their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com automators right now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash automators to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. 
So Rose, let's talk about some stuff we've been automating lately. Um, I have, I wanted to do a check-in on my iPhone home screen. Well, my iPhone home screen is currently a bit of a mess. So I'm very curious to see what is happening with yours. Yeah, I, I sent you some pictures a while ago. It's a, so I this was before The Mandalorian came out, just to be clear. But I've always okay. liked Yoda. And I had this cute little cartoon image of Yoda. And um, so I went ahead and, um, and decided that was going to be my home screen for a while. And then I wanted to make a shortcuts-based home screen that kind of followed that theme. And our friend Federico Vitici released a bunch of cool custom icons. And then Apple also has a, a really nice set of icons that now they ship with iOS 13 that you can you can access. So I built an entirely shortcuts-based home screen. And what I did was I used I pulled a color green out of the Yoda image and mm-hmm. used that as the background. So for each right. shortcut I make. I put that icon on top of the exact same color green, and then I use that same color for the background of my my home screen. And I get a really kind of interesting looking home screen. And I'm going to, before the show publishes, I'm making a pledge right now. I'm going to make a YouTube video and put up how it works and how it looks so you can see it. So you can look at the video on the show notes. But it's just totally uh, interesting. And everybody that sees my home screen either loves it or hates it. But it's... um. I, I thought, well, I'll just try it and see how long I can use it before I can't stand it anymore. And I've been using it now like four months, I think since about August. So, um, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's it's really working out for me. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I have a few shortcuts on my home screen, um, and they're primarily of the, the launcher variety, you know, where it pops up with a menu of different shortcuts that I can run. Um, but what I have been doing is I have gone back to lots and lots of folders on my home screen and I'm using the widget. Um, and one of the things that I'm really liking, Launch Cuts, which we mentioned earlier, has um, an action that you can add to your shortcuts. Um, or it's a shortcut that you can add to your shortcuts. Um, but then it runs um, essentially Launch Cuts inside of the shortcuts widget. Yeah. Sounds crazy, but it means that what I can do is I can tap on this and it has all of the same folders that I have inside of Launch Cuts. Um, and I'm really liking this because I'm I'm going through and I'm rearranging all of these things into these folders. Um, and it, it means that I, you know, everything's there and especially the smart folders, really, really useful. Um, and so that, that just automatically works. Um, and I'm very happy with that. Yeah, Adam is a magician. I mean, that's oh, yeah. all. and uh, I really hope that he's able to continue to develop that app into the future. Yeah. So I sent you a picture. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it and I, I can see why some people would hate it because you can only just about if you kind of squint, see like the outline of, of the icons um, in, in the background. And then you've just got the white icon essentially on the green background. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then so each each one is a shortcut and. You know, I, I've always loved the idea of contextual-based home screen. And like Max Berkey is a lightning bolt. And if I tap on that, uh, inside of it, I get a ton of options. I mean, we were talking earlier in the show about uh, how I have a shortcut to create a new task for a blog post. Well, that shows up if I tap on that menu. But mm-hmm. I also can go to the inbox in my Max Berkey email uh, with that. I can go to my RSS reader. I can... 
you know, go to Mac Power Users show preparation or the schedule, which is, uh, you know, some of the stuff we store in Google. And so I've got all these weird things. Like I can go to specific air tables. And um, I just thought, well, everything I do on my phone related to Mac Sparky, what if I put it all under that button? And some of these things, if I just had an app on my screen, it'd be easier to just tap the app, but they do more than that. Like if I had the mail app on my home screen, it would open mail, but it wouldn't open mail to my Mac Sparky inbox. Instead, it would open to my everything else box and I would see a bunch of stuff I don't want to look at and it would be distracting. So this is a way to kind of like zero in on exactly what you want. Next to it is uh, one, you know, the Justice Scales one. I think I got that one from Federico's set. And I think that was actually a specific request I made of him <laughs> when he was making it. I said, please give me some scales. So under that's all the legal stuff. And the same thing, I can go to just the inbox and the legal thing, but I can also go into Basecamp or I can go into my billing program or uh, a thing I use as a lawyer all the time is a date calculator, which is a shortcut I wrote that calculates dates. And so all that stuff is just under that button. And, you know, you always think about this in terms of efficiency, of course, automation, um, you know, how many taps does it take to get to things? Um, quite often I get to things faster using this method. Occasionally I get to things slower, but I really like the discipline of having different areas of my life contained within these icons. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't have any words on them. I, 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 you can, one of the nice things with the iOS 13 shortcuts is you can save a shortcut as an icon and you can remove the text just by hitting the little X next to it. You used to have to put in an invisible string of text and it was super goofy, but now you can just remove the text when you create the icon. But I know what they are like, you know, the, like I said, the, this lightning bolt is Max Sparky. The icon of the camera gets me to not only my camera and photos app, but it also gets me to all my shortcuts, photo based automation. And it's just an interesting way to run an iPhone. It's completely different than the usual app model. And like I said, I, I thought that I would probably get to a point where I couldn't take it anymore, or I wanted like a mix of apps and shortcuts but after using this now for many months, I think this is going to stick for me. Well, I'm pleased to hear it because this is pretty good. And I've had an idea um, for mine. And I think I'm going to add some more shortcuts back to my home screen. What I don't like about this approach is there are no badges. Yeah. Um, and especially um, with some of the things in my life, I, I need to know that there's a badge. Um, and for for that, I'm pretty much using folders. Um, and I shovel the things related to that area in a folder. Um, and then I can just tap and hold on that folder icon. Um, and then I can see the different apps that are actually batched, um, which is pretty useful um, because then I can see, for example, that my email app for work has a badge, but it's all in, it's all in the work folder. Um, and so I'm going to ignore that until 9 a.m. tomorrow. And if I tap and hold, um, then, then I see specifically that it's the email um, app that has the badge. But otherwise, I just know something related to work needs my attention. And then I can ignore things related to whether or not I need to. So what I did with this is that I also have always had these four folders, you know, uh, I call them create, um, was it create, um, learn, fix and play. And, mm-hmm. and so all apps fit into one of those four categories for me. And then I put those on the second page and they're at the top right. and it's the same thing. I can swipe over and if I see badges off those folders, I can get to them the same way. The other thing I do is I'm testing apps constantly. You know, people tell me about an app I should try or something I may want to write about. And those apps are on the second screen below the folders, just so I'm reminded to try them. And I mm-hmm. see them there. 
but largely I just work off the screen. The other thing that's uh, super important is the today view for this method. Like, right. Because uh, I, I go over to the today view, it gets me to, like my fantastic Al data and my OmniFocus data and things like that. So um, it's important to me to be able to get to that data. But with the today view, you're just fine. Um, the thing I don't like about this is occasionally shortcuts crashes on me. Like I'll tap the button and, and almost each one of these buttons is li is linked to a launcher type shortcut, you mm -hmm. know, where it'll have, you know, choose from, from menu and it'll be, some of them will be launch an app and some will be run a shortcut and do all sorts of weird stuff. But occasionally it just doesn't run. You tap it and nothing happens. And that happens to me like once a week. And then I go in, I, I, force quit shortcuts and then I run it again and it works. And I don't like that. Obviously if you create this mm. and it doesn't work when you tap on it once a week, that may be enough to chase some people away, but it's, um, but it's just so delightful when it works. that I, I seem to be uh, sticking with it. It's been a fun automation exercise and, and I continue to refine it. You know, every time I go find myself going to dig out an app to do something, I just create a shortcut for that task and put it in contextually wherever it belongs in my life. And, mm -hmm. and I'm finding this just to be um, a really nice way to use the phone. Uh, now, if I decide I want to get off the Yoda screen and switch to something else, right? Maybe I want to use the automators logo. The downside of this is I have to recreate the icons with whatever background color I'm going to use for the next one. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's going to be something I don't do as often as I used to do. And, um, but I will do it at some point. And I'm, I am saving in the photos app galleries or, um, or collect albums on each set so I can easily put it back if I want. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I'm pretty certain because especially, so you have some of the icons are from the Mac story set, right? And some of them are the San Francisco symbols yeah. icons. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty certain that you could set up some kind of automation because Toolbox Pro has that action to create a, a background um, or um, uh, what was it? Um, I'm forgetting the word. I used this in the Instagram shortcut that I linked in that last episode um, where it can create this color block. Yeah. Um, and, and so you could probably automate that relatively easily yeah these icons are transparent i i should absolutely automate the process of going and then through. you can just input a color at yeah. the start of your automation and have yeah. it create your entire icon set for you yeah i i think that's gonna go on my little apple note that's gonna happen yeah, yeah. and then the next time that you you want to change your background you can you can set up that automation um and you're still gonna have to go through and you know add the shortcuts to your home screen with the new colors um but it you know, it's it's one step less. Yeah. Um, or a couple of steps less, actually, because those icons are probably not the most fun to create. Yeah, no, I agree. But it is an interesting way to use an iPhone. And if you like automation and you built stuff in shortcuts, it gets you using your shortcuts more often. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to go and add some more back, and I'm probably not going to bother doing the matching background. My, my iPhone home screen, actually, at the moment is a black background with a rainbow border. And I really like that because when you when you unlock your phone, you start with a completely back background and yeah. then this rainbow sort of like flushes in from the edges. It's really yeah. fun. Now on the iPad, I've done something different because of the iPad, you can show the today view all, all mm -hmm. the time. I just use the shortcuts um, widget because it runs right. the, does the same thing in the sidebar and that never crashes. It always works. And it's the same set of um, shortcuts. They just combine them so they all show up at the top. And I can still run them from the screen, but I, I don't um, install them as home screen icons. 
Fair enough. Uh, you, if you're like me, then you use your iPad very differently to the way you use your iPhone. Anyway. Yeah. So it makes sense. Anyway, that's been fun and uh, something I'm a continuing automation project for me. Now I'm writing down an OmniFocus that I have to make this video. So <laughs> I'll have it done well, by the time the show launches. Well, let's cross our fingers. Uh, one of the things that I have been experimenting with is uh, back on the good old time tracking bandwagon and automating time tracking. Um, I recently upgraded the my toggle plan to the starter plan so that I can have tasks inside of projects because I realized that there's a whole bunch of things that I'm doing which are essentially like sub sub projects. Um, and I was doing this with, you know, colons in project names and things like that. And it really didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and I realized, you know, I, I can pay Toggle. I'm, you know, getting a lot of value for money out of Toggle. So I decided that I would upgrade to the starter plan. And they have template projects. Um, and this has been fun because then I've created, so for example, Screencast Online has a, a template for every single show I do, because every single show is a project and then there are different elements. So I have to do the preparation, the actual recording, the editing, um, you know, the other associated information that goes with every show. And those four tasks happen for every single show. So when I create a show, I, I use a, a template now. Um, and that's really nice. Um, and then I've been playing some with Timery some more um and and creating some automations so i've got one that finds all of the projects where screencast online is marked as my client and that shows them to me as a list so that i can choose from that when i when i'm working um on things um so that i can say yeah i'm doing some screencast online work now and i have an nfc tag that runs this shortcut and then it's like okay so which show are you doing great now what are you doing for this show okay good now go do it here's your here's your omnifocus list of things related to that that you need to go and do that's been good fun that was a bit of a challenge to get set up to start with but it, it's working now and it's working really nicely and i'm tracking my time much more accurately so what were the challenges and how did you overcome them well the primary challenge was actually finding the time to sit down and do this and figuring out you know what my template is going to be like um and then i had to to play with timery um and so my my biggest problem was that my shortcuts were still not syncing properly between all of my devices. So I did the the only logical thing, um, which was I uninstalled shortcuts on every single one of my devices and I reinstalled it. Um, I did lose some shortcuts and I lost changes to some shortcuts, some fairly significant changes in a couple of cases, but I did back everything up first. So as I'm finding things are, are missing, um, I've, I've been able to fix that. And now that means that they actually work on all of my devices properly. So it doesn't matter how I run it. Um, but for example, um, I, I had to play with the, the get tags, um, action from Timery to figure out, okay, so what does this give me back? And then I wanted to just find tags where I had SCO in the tag name. Um, and it turns out the filter files action in shortcuts is really powerful. So this can do things like filter a list of text items and it can sort things even randomly and so on, but you can also filter timery tags or toggle tags that come from timery and all sorts of things so i was filtering from them and then you have to choose from list and pass it around but it's working pretty well now um it was just a bit of playing to get things done and actually my end shortcut for this is pretty short i'm very happy with it uh, i just needed to get everything set up the way it needed to be set up i had to smile when i saw that you did this because about every four or five months i go through and and track my time for a couple of weeks just to kind of see as a check-in. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm, you know, my OmniFocus told me to do that this week. So I started doing it again. But in the meantime, I had built this whole new home screen and 
and I had removed all the timery um, toggles because timery has a great uh, automation feature where you can turn a timer on or off as a shortcut action. So for instance, if I have a shortcut that takes me to my Max Sparky inbox, it could trigger the Max Sparky email timer when I run that and then take me to the inbox and then that would automate the process. But I had taken them out because I wasn't really running timery. And now I'm like weighing the, do I go back and re-add that stuff into all my automation or do it? Because the timery, like I sent Rose my home screen, I've got timery mm-hmm. on my on my dock now because I've just been going in manually throwing the switches through the process of the day. And as an automator, you know, how can I do that, right? So mm-hmm. do I go back and add them in? I, I think I probably will and just leave them in there and just realize there's sometimes when I'm more careful about the data than others. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've been experimenting with, there's a great app by Simon Stovrain, the creator of Scriptable and JSON. Yeah. Uh, it's called DataJar. It's only in beta at the moment, but the idea is it's a database that you have on your device and you can save variables and stuff to it. So it's kind of like the global variables in Toolbox Pro. Yeah. But one of the things I've been experimenting with is um, shortcuts variables, specifically like meta variables. So should I run the, um, I've got a complex work time tracking shortcut, um, which pulls data from weird files at work and stuff like that to present me with options. Um, and I have options in there to sh- to ask, to determine whether or not these should be run. So like, for example, your time tracking, should your time tracking be run or not run? Um, and so well, it would be a little bit more work to set up in the first place. You could theoretically get maybe a global variable from Toolbox Pro or get data out of DataJar, and it should say, hey, you know, should I run time tracking? If yes, then run the time reaction um, and then just delete your otherwise. Um, and then you can turn time tracking on and off um, globally and have it in all of your shortcuts or none of your shortcuts, but you don't have to edit your shortcut every single time. Or I could just, um, you know, run it all the time. It's not yeah, that big yeah, of a deal. Yeah, th- th- those are both <laughs> options. Uh, this started with because I was I was finding that I was running into uh, this. What happens when you run developer betas? You know, immediately after they've been released and it's a brand new operating system. Yeah. Um, where the turn Wi-Fi off and turn Wi-Fi on actions were crashing shortcuts. Um, and one of the things when I leave work and I clock in and clock out, um. The place where I do that, the Wi-Fi is a little bit iffy. Yeah. Um. So it's it's strong enough that my phone's there and it's going. Yeah, I've got Wi-Fi, but it's poor enough that actually really connecting don't. to our clock in and clock out yeah. does not work. Yeah. Um. And so I usually toggle the Wi-Fi off and then turn it back on at the end of my shortcut. And this is also helpful if we've had a network outage during the day and I've done the swipe down from the control center and toggled Wi-Fi off until the end of the day. Then when I go yeah. home, I will because it turns Wi-Fi off off. And then turns it on, on, instead of just saying, don't connect to anything for the next X period of time. Yeah. Then it actually, it means that I'll be connected to my home network properly when I get home, which is really nice. Um, I have to give that a 10 out of 10, but that was crashing shortcuts. Um, and that was problematic, to say the least, um, because it meant I couldn't clock in and clock out because I'd start running the shortcut and it would crash. Um, and so I started wrapping these things and I realized that, okay, so I'm checking whether or not I should be turning the Wi-Fi on and off. And then something else was um, not working. The time tracking at work, we our servers changed and yeah. various things happened. So I didn't want to be running that for the time being. And so that was another variable. And I had them all stored at the top of the shortcut. But then I had other shortcuts that I needed to access these same things in. 
And, and that's when I started using data jar to store these meta variables um, for whether or not sections of my shortcuts should run, um, especially sections that run, that are in multiple shortcuts. Yeah, that's a great idea, that app. But uh, time, I guess well, the short version of this is if you want to do time tracking with Toggle, get Timery and just pay for the oh, subscription. Yeah. Because like the the way to, to automate this used to require very complicated URL actions, and now it's a one-step mm-hmm. shortcut. And it's actively developed, and it just yes. it's a good um, app. And it's a, the, the developer was at our our meetup last year at WWC. Super nice guy, and and he solved the problem for a lot of us with this app. Definitely, um, and I have to say, this is something I noticed when I signed up for the Toggle Starter Plan. So Toggle has the free plan, which most people I'm sure use, um, and the starter plan and a professional plan. Once I signed up to the starter plan, I realized that Timery donated a bunch more actions to shortcuts because there are a bunch of things that are available to me that weren't available before. Yeah. So for example, tasks is something that is available for people who are on the paid toggle plans, yeah. but isn't available on the free plan. Well, I now have that. Um, and that's really useful. So Nice. Nice. All right, Rose. Well, uh, we covered the beginning and ending of task management today, capture and review, and uh, we both had some interesting problems we solved. Yeah, I we call have. it a pretty good episode of the Automators. I think so too. We are the Automators. You can find us over at relay.fm/automators. Uh, you can also find the forum over at talk.automators.fm. Very active community there. One of the things Rose has done with that that I love is she's invited a bunch of these automation-themed developers in to put their forums on our forum. And so it's kind of a central hub, and we're getting lots of of people showing up for that stuff, and it's just become a great resource on the internet. And and Rose gets all the credit. She did all the work on that. So I'm so happy. (laughs) Well, I I have to say, I I do kind of feel like the developers themselves did most of the work. You know, Adam Tao making launch cuts and Simon Stovering making Scriptable and Alex Hay making making Toolbox Pro. They did all the work behind this and they just, you know, get the benefit of having a little area of our forum. So if you want to talk about Pushcut by Simon or, you know, any of these, then you can jump into our forums and jump straight into those sections. And it, but it's just such a great community because like on the podcast, it's really hard to, you know, we, and we try to slow down and talk through the challenging parts or the steps we take on some of these automations, but on the forum, people can actually post the scripts and you can see them. So it's just a, yeah. if you like the show, go sign up for the forum and check it out. Um, yes. Also thanks to our sponsors, Pingdom, ExpressVPN and Kensington. And we'll see you in a few weeks.